Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host, Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this fine Monday? James, it's a, it's a losing Monday, so I'm not as good as normal. Uh, but that's okay. It happens. It'd be like that sometimes. Uh, how are you doing? Doing all right, man. Be better if Pittsburgh would have played a little better, but uh, yeah, lots of things involved in that not being a great performance. A lot of things. A lot of things. We'll get into all of that. Uh, we are excited to talk about this game, even though we lost. Still excited to talk Steeler football. Um, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to talk about it. Inactives for this game were uh, Mason Rudolph, Levi Wallace, Dylan Cook, and Braden Fahoko. Nothing out of the ordinary there whatsoever. Yeah. Um, if only new thing was Levi Wallace, that was just because he had an injury. Otherwise, he would have been active. Yep. Yeah, a lot of things that I thought kind of like we're going to go right in this game and none of them went right in this game. Uh, and, and the things that I didn't think would be a problem were a problem. It's sh- it was just a weird game all around. I felt like we came mm-hmm. out flat again, uh, you know, punting on the first four drives, having three and outs four times in a row um, before the refs got involved. That, that was just crazy to me. And they shared a stat that was, and I think I'm sure you heard this too, 45% um of our first drives are three and outs which is hmm. crazy so that's really the first time i've heard of that yeah 45 percent are three and outs of our opening drives on games is that what yep. that is yep yeah that sounds right they haven't been doing anything on opening drives no and and that's and not saying that you know that's not saying 55 percent are scores that's just saying no. 45 or th- no. three plays and out yeah, because uh, so far this season, zero of them are touchdowns. Yep. I don't know how many are field goals, but I know none of them have been a touchdown. Maybe one or so, two, probably. Yeah, 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 maybe. Maybe, but I wouldn't be surprised if the number is zero because they've been starting so slow. Yep. Um, let's get right after the first couple drives. And to me, the most frustrating part about this is that finally I felt like we had the play calling that was necessary to open the game up. Mm-hmm. In the first couple drives, Deontay Johnson looked like the Deontay Johnson of two or three years ago where he couldn't catch anything. Yep. And it basically stayed to those first couple of drives because he corrected it and then he started catching everything that came his way, assuming that he stayed on his feet. Um, But that was just devastating. Your first offensive play, whatever the concept was that they drew up, had Deontay Johnson over the middle. Both of the safeties were split on the side. There's nobody within 10 yards of him. It hits him in both hands yep. and bounces right off. Would have been a huge and he's perfectly start to the in stride. game. It would have easily been 50 to 60 yards, if not a touchdown, on the very first play of the game. Yep. And it, it kind of set the tone, man. It, it set the tone. Deontay continued his struggles dropping the ball the first couple drives. Uh, even on a third down, he he slipped running his route, and Kenny threw the ball where it was supposed to go and where he would have been had he not slipped, and it was dang near intercepted. Yep. Um, probably should have been intercepted, actually. It hit the guy right in the chest. Yeah. Just a, yeah. a miserable start. And again, Pittsburgh on their home field having an issue with footing, not having the right cleats on. Uh I don't know how in the world they're not cutting enough in the beginning of the game before the game starts to realize that those cleats aren't going to, aren't going to be right for them. Uh, But seems like the same guys having the same issues with that. And it's, it's very frustrating because I felt like for once 
the way this game went, you can't blame it on Matt Canada. Like, you can't. Nope. Like, the play calls were there. You can't blame the it on execution him. execution wasn't. Yeah, you can't blame it on him. I still think that later in the game, I think it took we took too long to get moving in the second half. Um, I feel like we were just slow again in the second half, which I expected us to come out firing, and I'm not saying... I don't know. The, the first... Especially when the defense does so much. The defense did so much to yeah. keep us in this game. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know... Kept on handing us short fields. Yep. And literally, the one, the first drive of the second quarter, we went nine yards in the opposite direction, in the wrong direction. Yeah. You can't do that. After, after we forced a fumble and got it back, like... Yeah. You can't do that. Like, that will just defeat your defense and your offense. Um, so, I don't know. I, I was... I'm not blaming it on Matt Canada. I still don't think we've fixed all the issues. I still don't think he has the the game plan to get us. I don't think, let me clarify. I think he is getting better at, at play calling in the beginning of the game, but I don't think he knows what's, what to do when, the, when times get rough. Like, how do I get back in this game? How do we make this happen? I, I haven't seen that yet because I still even question some of the play calls after the fact. Um, but I do agree that this, the play calling in the beginning of this game, just the execution wasn't there. Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson was targeted 14 times in this game and had eight catches. Yeah. And literally we could have had a touchdown, but he fell in the end zone. Yep. Uh, and pe- people will say that was a bad throw by Kenny Pickett. No, it wasn't. Cause if he throws it on Deontay Johnson, it's intercepted. It has to be behind him because the safety's coming from the middle of the field and crashing on him. Yep. It's where it needed to be for the ball to be completed, but Deontay needed to be able to stay on his feet, and he fell again. At this point, that was the second time that he'd fallen, in a, and a ball ended up incomplete because of it. But in the end zone, in the most important part where we're struggling to score, yep. Um, just it seemed like over and over with it, just miscommunications, uh, and then it just got worse once, once. Kenny got hurt. You know, Mitch had one drive where we got a touchdown, which was basically 100% George Pickens on that play. Yep. Um, why he wasn't targeted more, I don't know. They must have been double teaming him all game long or something. Five targets on, uh, the, day, on the day, that was it. Yeah. One catch. Yeah, not enough. And, and what does he do with the one catch? He breaks two tackles and goes in for a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, the the skill level is obvious. And then you get to the end of the game there. Uh, with Mitch Trubisky in, and he he played basically the entire second half, and he refused to throw it downfield. And when he did throw it downfield, it was intercepted. Yep. Everything on the last two drives was a dump off to the running backs, a dump off to Connor Hayward, who's basically a running back, or a throw to the sideline one or two yards past the line of scrimmage. And it's impossible to come back throwing everything for only three or four yards. I think I counted like five plays in a row on the one drive or is a four yard pass. Yep. I yeah. was like, this is insane. And that's, that's not play calling because the only play in the playbook that the running back is the first option is a halfback screen. Everything else you're running back is the last option. And Mitch was using him as the first option. He wasn't even trying to push it to his other guys down the field. And maybe he was a little shell shocked from throwing those interceptions and, and some other ones that were interceptable balls that he threw, but you have to throw it down the field. You're a quarterback, man. It's not like you're a running back playing quarterback. You're a quarterback. You have to throw it down the field. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but let's talk about that while we're on it real quick for a second. We're kind of not going in the order we'd normally do, and that's fine, in my honest opinion. Um, when Kenny got hurt, that was the absolute worst no-call roughing the passer that I've ever seen, especially mm-hmm. if you go back and view what they called on us in the same exact game as roughing the yes. passer. The yes. cleanest tackle I've ever seen, he even pulled up. The refs even said, or the, excuse me, the announce, the commentary commentators even said something about it that you know hey that wasn't really there same thing with the penalty they called on us for having the one lineman over the center which wasn't there and chris boswell wasn't there chris boswell posted on his instagram story showing the line and being like no one's passed him um yeah not to mention not only was no one on the Steelers line offsides one of the guys on the other team was lined up offsides he was literally past the line of scrimmage it wasn't even like a neutral zone infraction he was on the wrong side his helmet was past the line and they called it on us and not them yeah uh refs clearly had some money in this game or something or the NFL wanted Jaguars to win which is James what you said to me at the beginning I'm I'm not one for conspiracy theories and stuff, but man, this game just felt like we were screwed from the get go with how the refs called it. Um, and I, I I'd hate I hate to say that because you don't. I just want the refs to not get involved. Yeah, called call the obvious stuff. Let the like even in that situation, if a guy was, you know, over the line or whatever, that didn't affect the outcome of the play. No, not even slightly. And, and what they're looking for in that is somebody who's very obviously well past it, not somebody who might be really close to it. And it's a close thing. They're looking for someone who's trying to get an advantage. And it's not even for that, that they're looking for it for. They're looking for it for those goal line quarterback sneaks. So the, the official that called it was completely missing the mark on what her bosses are actually looking for in looking for that sort of penalty. They're trying to keep it from being an unfair advantage in that quarterback sneak that the Philadelphia Eagles do. And instead she's trying to find somebody lined up offsides on a field goal. That's 55 yards. That's actually disadvantageous to be further forward because you need to be further back in order to protect the kicker. Completely just that's like not even understanding basic football. Yeah, I don't know. And we went to they they took three points off the board right there. We went on to miss the following kick, which I'm frustrated for for Boswell. Um, that was his, that was his first missed field goal of the year, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, and he made the 55 yarder, but missed the 60 yarder. Yep. Yeah. So really frustrated about that. I just thought the refs play call, called this game absolutely horrible. Uh, Deontay Johnson also said something on his Instagram or on Twitter about it as well. I don't blame them at this point. If the NFL has an agenda on who they want to be good or wherever, that's fine. I guess like you can desire that, but you got to go. I don't know. You still got to call things fairly. Yeah. Can it, can a team get like an extra call here or there in a game because you want somebody like Trevor Lawrence to be a poster boy for the league? I get that. Like he's the good looking kid quarterback. You want him to be the guy that's selling jerseys. You want him to be one of the people up there with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I get that, but don't allow other people to get hurt because you're not willing to throw a penalty for roughing the passer. Don't throw an an unnecessary one where it's as clean as can be. Don't throw a pass interference on James Pierre when he doesn't even make contact with the receiver. That's the one I wanted to talk about. 
Holy, that was the best coverage I've seen by a Steelers corner yeah. in years, years. Yeah. And it was flagged late, late. They didn't, yeah. even, they didn't even call it when it happened. They're like, oh, no, shoot. We should probably give them the first down. Yeah. And it was third down when it happened. That stopped the first down from happening. Yep. And they got it because of that bogus call. Yep. Like I try not to get worked up about refereeing, but this was pretty awful in this game, man. Like it, it literally calls, impacted the outcome of the game. Four massive calls. Yeah. Um, that all were disadvantage, disadvantages or, or advantages for Jacksonville. Disadvantages for us, advantages for Jacksonville. So I don't know. I was just at a loss of word. I, I've all, and you're going to probably feel the same way about here. And I don't care that we're not again, going over this like normal, but I'm, I was upset at the lack of use of Darnell Washington. We threw the ball twice yeah, to Rodney Williams so. who dropped both of them, but we didn't throw any passes to Darnell Washington this entire game. I don't yeah. understand. Uh, that. And he was only on the field for 10 snaps offensively. Uh, and you guys know exactly how I feel about it. That's why Cody knows ex exactly as well. You know, we're, we're talking about this as a man that is a huge matchup nightmare for other teams, but not if he's sitting on the sideline. Not if you're only bringing him on the field just to run the ball behind him. Like, they, they're making it so obvious as to what the play calls are by the personnel grouping. It's insane, man. Like, you bring Calvin Austin on the field, it's a pass play. You bring Darnell Washington on the field, it's a run play. Like, you have to be diverse in your groups. You have to be able to run and pass out of the same formations. And it's just, it's not happening. And that's my biggest takeaway from this coaching staff wise Matt Canada. is that they didn't do a good enough job of incorporating people who give you an advantage. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough. Just because we always do this, I'm going to go over it real quick. Mitchell Trubisky was 15 of 27 for 138 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. Not a great thing. Again, that touchdown. Uh, was mostly George Pickens. Kenny Pickett was 10 of 16 for 73 yards. No touchdown, no interception. Uh, looking at the running backs, James, this was horrible. Jalen Warren had the best average for running backs at 3.8 with five carries for 19 yards. Najee Harris, seven carries for 13 yards, a 1.86-yard average. Um, that's getting a first down every six plays, and we're not getting six plays, maybe seven. Um you're not getting that many chances <laughs> to, to get a first down. It's it's three chances, and you punt, or you can go for it and fourth down. I don't know. It it was horrible all game long. We did two runs with Calvin Austin that I thought were not horrible, but awkwardly timed. The one he got the edge and made the move happen a little bit, and he got the first down, which was nice. Um, but outside of that, I, I, it just feels off. It feels like you're trying to force something to happen that, again, we've talked about this before, you have to play action that you have to do that and then pass out of it and have something work. Otherwise they're never going to view that as a threat ever. Um, yeah. And this is part of the whole, like, I know a lot of Steelers fans get upset with the, the jet motion happening over and over and over. But unless you do that jet motion on a regular basis, when you do the handoff to the wide receiver, they know it's coming. Yep. So you have to put that guy in motion on a regular basis and pretend to hand it off to him way more often than they're doing. They do the jet, right? they do the motion, but they don't pretend to hand it off to him ever. It feels like yeah, ever, which the is the problem. Is, 
Yeah, the timing's so drastically different that everyone knows that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. He's already either way past the quarterback or he's not even close to the quarterback. So you already know it's not happening. Yeah. And, yeah. So those plays were successful because you got five yards each time out of it. So, hey, that's a successful run. Uh, but when you're looking at the whole rushing team together and your most success was two five-yard end rounds by your 170-pound uh, wide receiver, that's really bad. Very bad. Now, don't get me wrong. Jacksonville did very well against the run. I mean, that's not to take anything away from Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a very good run-stopping team. But you knew that going into it. You've had time to prepare. You should have had some kind of game plan to do something about this, and there was nothing. Absolutely and, nothing. And it goes right back to what you are saying with Darnell Washington. Do I don't you really expect Connor Hayward at 230 pounds to help you in the run blocking game. Nope. He can't. I don't the think only Matt people Canada... he's going to be successful against is the safeties and corners, but he's going to be matched up against linebackers and defensive ends. Yep. I don't think Matt Canada watches film on other teams. I genuinely don't. There's no way. And either that, or he doesn't know what he's looking for. He probably looks and be like, oh, this play worked against them. Yeah, because they did something different than how we're doing it. Or, yeah. or or they had different personnel. Or even, you know what? And you just hit the nail on the head and just made me think of this. You know how, like, you're, you, you can't, if Calvin Austin's out there, it's a pass play. If Darnell Washington's out there, it's a run play. He's looking at these plays and the formations that are working, but not realizing that those teams do other plays out of those form- formations. That's yeah. probably what it is. Because that's my biggest pet. Like, that's... Uh, I'm not going to try to bring up video games, but like I, there are people that I know that are suck at video, like Madden, the football video game, because if they come out in a certain formation, they're running. If they come out in a certain formation, they're passing. And I know that every time I play them and it's the same thing. And that's why I think other teams are telling us or saying after they beat us that, you know, it's so predictable, so predictable. I want to, I'm going to go now that I'm going to record this game this week, James, I'm going to deep dive the living daylights out of it. As you should. I want to. I want to come back and have some, some fun things to say. So it'll be a good time. Yeah. So let's talk about this uh, receiving group here. Deontay Johnson had eight catches for eighty-five yards. Uh, once he got the drops and the slips out of the way in the first half, he was a lot more effective of a weapon. Did help them move the sticks quite a few times. Yep. Um, Najee Harris five. Receptions for 42 yards. Connor Hayward, five for only 24 yards. Um, George Pickens had one for 22, and it was a touchdown. And, uh, I mean, he had other opportunities where there was a sideline throw that Mitch threw to him where he dang near got that second foot in bounds and was just barely out. Yep. Um, and, again, if the ball is thrown like six inches further in bounds, he makes the catch that way. Uh, and then there was a, a deep ball opportunity that Kenny had where he underthrew it. Uh, had he not underthrown the ball, George had, you know, four or five steps on his guy. <laughs> Got to get it out in front of him in that situation. If you do that, then then we're talking about three catches for like 80 yards and a touchdown instead of one for 22 and a touchdown. Um, Calvin Austin, two for 19 on the game. Jalen Warren, four for 19. And then nobody else had any catches uh, with – one target down Robinson two to Rodney Williams. So just overall um, diverse in how it was spread out, but not enough in my opinion, as far as wide receiver diversity. 
it was basically either going to Deontay Johnson or a running back. Yep. And I'm kind of lumping Connor Hayward in with the running backs on that because he wasn't running any patterns down the field that they were throwing it to him. No, like, uh, like, like he has in the past. Catches for 24 yards, it's five yards a pass. Like it's everything was just a dump off out of the backfield when he got it. Yep. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh next year when they have a different offensive coordinator has a chance to be something, but I just don't think it's going to happen this year. After after the bye week, I haven't seen enough change to to make me get excited for the rest of the year. Unfortunately, I think the defense is going to put up numbers and be entertaining, which is great, but defense can only do so much when your offense doesn't put up more than 10 points when they've had mm. multiple, multiple opportunities. Um, let's, you want to talk offensive line? I don't, uh, have, I don't have much to say about them. No, no, it wasn't a stellar game and they didn't open up. Lanes, there was a couple of times that Chukes Okorafor just got like bench pressed right into the backfield, right into Kenny's lap. Uh, there was another time where Mitch felt pressure and, and he just like dove into the back of the knees of Dan Moore. <laughs> yep. Dan missed a couple snaps because of it. Uh, and, and it was just quick pressure. Guys were lo- when guys lost, they lost quickly. It wasn't like somebody was working them, working them, working them, and then they beat them. It was they lost after the first or second step, uh, making it a very difficult thing for the quarterbacks to to stand in the pocket and make those throws. Um, yeah, just not a great performance from them, man. We saw Broderick Jones as a sixth offensive lineman a few times. I liked that. He was a complete butt kicker when he was used in that manner. Yep. Uh, I think in goal line, you're on to something. Instead of having Connor Hayward out there as a tight end, put – Roderick Jones out there, put Darnell Washington out there and run behind those guys. Yep. And but do it on the left side. And do it audible, on the left side with Dan Moore, please. Audible, do not do it on the right side of Chooks. <laughs> no, don't. Audible or, you know, motion Broderick Jones back into a fullback position. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> multiple times, whenever he comes in as that sixth offensive lineman, he's an eligible receiver, play action pass, Broderick Jones touchdown. Do, be, you got to be unique. You got to be creative in how you win these games and that's why you see all these teams i mean today and i'm it, yesterday excuse me it might have happened before in the past but yesterday i saw something that i was like y'all should have hold held out on using this uh eagles did a fake tush push um oh or, or brotherly shove they did a fake and it, they ran around and it got a touchdown and i was like i would have waited for a slightly better team than the cardinals for that but that's fine um, <laughs> but they put it out there now. They did, and like so, it's, certain people are not going to be able to get involved and defend it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just creativity that I just feel like Matt Canada has zero creativity when it comes to play calling. Yeah. Um, I think this jumbo man, we're onto something with this jumbo. If they would put Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington on Dan Moore's side, and Dan Moore's specialty is run blocking, let's not sugarcoat this. As a run blocker, Dan Moore is very good. If you have him, Broderick Jones, and Darnell Washington all next to each other in goal line on the left side, and you run to the left behind it, you're going to move some people, and you're going to convert some first downs and touchdowns. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the Steelers' cheat code right there. I'm telling you right now, those three guys and run behind it. We'll see what they do. We will Not see. <laughs> they won't. They won't. I'm losing all kind of excitement and, and faith in this <laughs> offense, unfortunately. Um, defensive side of the ball, we talked about this. The, the guys played very, very well. I thought Montrevious Adams had a phenomenal game. He had a tackle for loss. 
um, on that defensive front. I thought DeMarvin Leal had a decent game. Isaac Loudermilk got some playing time. Um, mm-hmm. Keanu Benton got some playing time. I, I was really impressed. I mean, even Armand Watts had a half sack. Um, yeah. yeah, Armand was a very active player in this game for sure. The biggest one I was impressed with was Cole Holt. I thought Cole was all over the place, getting a lot of tackles mm-hmm. at or behind the line of scrimmage against the run. Uh, I felt like he was one of our best run defenders in this game. And this is something that we've had a question about all season long. Who's going to step up out of this middle linebacker group? Sometimes they have good games, sometimes they don't. Uh, Quan Alexander had a huge hit in this game, uh, forced a fumble that popped like 10 yards up in the air and then went back 15 yards. And, and Cole Holcomb and did a great was, job of picking it up. With the grass yeah, in his helmet, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cole recovered it. Excellent manner there. Uh, just, you know, we, we got some contribution from the linebackers um, and, and a little bit from the defensive line as well. You know, we got some some sack numbers from some from a little bit of everybody there. Yep. Uh, but I felt like the safety play really let us down in this game. Uh, DeMonte Casey just completely misplaying a ball to Travis Etienne. Uh, completely overrunning it, jumping and trying to pick it off, and and he missed it by a good two feet. If if or he more. just <laughs> yeah yeah if if he just plays that correctly, it's an easy interception at at the very least. If not, he should be breaking that up very easily. Was that? I mean, you could. Was that before? That was that was. So he got that first interception early, and then I think he got ball yeah. hungry after that. And that's why he was it doing it. Might that. be exactly what it was. Yeah. 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 And, and then, of course, you know, at this stage in the game, Minka Fitzpatrick was already down with a hamstring injury, yep. uh, which looked like a significant one, unfortunately. Yeah. Not, no contact um, hamstring injury. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm very concerned about that one. Um, we'll find out more about that in a couple of days here because they'll make moves as far as injured reserve and stuff uh, very soon here. But. I just felt like we didn't get enough out of the other safeties. Miles Kilbrew looked just lost in coverage a few times. Keanu Neal struggles to keep up with people in coverage. Yep. Um, Evan Ingram just had a field day on us, man. A- absolute field day. And he didn't uh, at first. He, he yeah. James Pierre had that great coverage on him. No, that wasn't on him. That was on somebody else. But like th- there were a couple times where he, you know, was on third down, was going to get a first down and they stopped him. They stuffed him. Like, they did. They played. The defense played phenomenally well at the beginning, and we just kept getting crapped on by the refs and by play calling and by this and that. Not play calling as much, but um, at least in the beginning of the game. But again, just couldn't pull it together. Um, you know, we talked about the the secondary, the defensive front. Uh, Landon Roberts led the team with a sack and a half. You think that was frustrating? I don't. I blame you. Uh, the only thing that was frustrating for me about it is that that was taking some sacks away from TJ Watt, from Alex Highsmith, some guys that are higher production kind of guys that were also involved in them. Yeah. Uh, but you have to be happy about Elandon Roberts' abilities getting after it in this game, uh, at least getting uh, some sacks, registering some hits. Um, he's streaky, man. He's a real streaky player. There's times where he has nice plays like that. And then there's other times where he's trying to cover a running back or a tight end in coverage. And you're just like, Oh my Lord, what are we doing with this guy? (laughs) And I felt like it was real streaky for two of the three, you know, Quan Alexander, I felt 
was real up and down too. You know, he had that that awesome hit where he forces the fumble, and then later on he has some real struggles with with tackling and open in space. Yep. Uh, so just frustrating all around on it. Nice to see Alex Highsmith back in the sack column. Another half sack for TJ as well. Um, Waiting for a dominant (laughs) performance from someone. Anybody. You know? Yeah. Nick Herbig back in the action again, right? Yeah. Yeah. He got a a fumble recovery in this game, was it? I believe it was a fumble recovery. I don't remember. They they don't have it listed on the stats uh, correctly right now. But uh, again, it's just. You want you want to see the defense play as well as they did with the sacks. I mean, yeah, questionably even better. Um, also, Demonte KZ had two mental errors. But let's let's talk about the other one real quick. That first interception. Sorry, it, was a, it was a force fumble with Nick Herbig. He ripped the ball out. Continue force fumble. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the the other problem that I have with Demonte KZ, obviously, he drastically misjudged that one interception. But even the interception that he did have. Uh, wound up taking it out of the end zone and ran out of bounds at the three or four yard line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like completely bad. ruining any momentum we had. You know, your, your defense or your offense then has to come out and play backed up. Which don't get me wrong, they they made it work. They got down in field goal position, but then that was when the refs screwed us and you know the penalty that wasn't there and points off the board and everything else. It, I, I, I don't want to say that I completely lost faith in this team because again, the the refs played a heavy hand in this game um normally i'd be like you know the refs did this but you still had another 30 minutes of gameplay after that to to go out and win it and they kind of i mean they we got it we lost our starting quarterback due to an injury that happened because of an illegal hit that wasn't called you took three yeah. points off the board from us mm-hmm. literally uh you gave them free points with a first down on play on a pass interference that wasn't there like there was so much that impacted the game that I don't I'm I I don't blame or I'm not upset by saying a portion of this game was because of the refs. I'm comfortable saying that this time compared to other times. Yeah, they they had a, a much larger influence on the game than they should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no doubt about that. There's no questioning that. Uh, do you want to move past this at this point and get into post game stuff? Please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so injuries from this game uh, appears to be a significant injury for Minka Fitzpatrick on the hamstring. Yep. Uh, like Cody mentioned, it was a non-contact injury. Those are the scariest. So we'll know more in the next few days. We're going to do another show for you guys on Wednesday, being that it's a Thursday night game this week. So the pregame show will be Wednesday night for you this week. Hopefully we'll have a little more insight on Minka's injury at that point. Um, Kenny with the rib injury, I'm I'm concerned about it because he wasn't able to come back into the game. He was throwing the ball, but my concern is that he must have had a pretty serious amount of discomfort in doing so, and I don't know if that's going to get a lot better with only three days rest. Yep, I I, I, think- I don't see him playing this week. Yeah, I, don't I feel think like this should. is probably going to be a Mitch game here. Now, granted, last time this happened, you know, we were worried about should Kenny play, should he play? I don't know. He looks pretty hurt. He comes out there and balls out and does just fine. Uh, he's tough. He's a tough kid, but he's also smart. He's smart enough to know that he shouldn't have played in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, he tried to throw, realized he couldn't. He came out, suited up after the second half, but then once he was throwing on the sideline with Mitch and everything and just decided it was a yeah. no-go. 
So we'll see what happens with that injury. Um, post-game roster moves so far. There's only been technically two. Uh, Steelers signed a linebacker, Michael Walker, to the practice squad, and they also released Caleb Johnson. Uh, those are the only two moves. Again, we'll see something more here in just a few days or even potentially tomorrow with the injured reserve list. Um, potential for Cam Hayward coming back. Potential for Anthony McFarland to come back. Um, would love to see Which that I think, move. I think there's less urgency on that now. Just to be 100% we kind of glossed over it because just kind of a miserable game in, in general. But I'll give Donald Igway Buike credit. He did have some nice kick returns in this game. Only, uh, so I thought it was only one. Out of him. Was it only one? I thought it was only one for like 30 yards or 36 yards. Or... I, I remember him having a nice kick return in the game. I, I'm pretty sure it was yeah, only one. One. Yeah, you're right. One for 36 yards. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, for Pittsburgh, a 36-yard kick return is a really nice kick return, man. Yep. So, uh, give the kid credit. He had a nice return given the opportunity finally. So, uh, step in the right direction. Maybe there's less urgency to rush Anthony McFarland back. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, no, I'll hold my breath for anything at this point. Uh, that's going to wrap up this show. Also, a reminder to you guys, we will be having a live stream Wednesday night as well at 7 o'clock for Midweek Mayhem on the Pro Sports Fans app, PSF. If you haven't downloaded that yet, just go on to your mobile device, whether it's Apple, Android, uh, any of those things. Just type in Pro Sports Fans. It'll pop right up. Download that. Join the Steelers community chat in the NFL grouping. You can see it if you're a fan of an NHL or MLB team. Uh, you can obviously go join those as well if you if you want to. Uh, just a lot of diehard fans talking about their team, and we are some of the hosts on there. There's a couple hosts that um, host during games, host midweek shows, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we're super excited about that moving forward with pro sports fans. Again, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring that bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.